And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, David Dickinson. Hi, Joe. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good. I'm psyched to talk to you. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while, and uh, finally the stars aligned. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pumped, man. I want to start by saying I am a fan of Suicide Squeeze, and most people I know on my side of the business that have worked with you are fans, too. Everyone loves working with you everyone. Oh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It makes me feel good. I got a little anecdote. One thing I remember because it was just kind of funny, uh, Isaac and I, when I was playing with Modest Mouse, were at some sort of, we were in the attic. So we were probably on a practice break and we were talking about something loosely related to Suicide Squeeze or, or maybe an artist or something. And we stopped talking about it. And then like five minutes later out of the blue, he specifically said this, why is David such a badass? And I was like, oh, Dickinson? And he was like, why is he the best label owner on the planet or something like that? And I was like, I don't know, man, but I agree with you. But it was I very specifically remember where we were standing. It was funny. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, thanks for telling me that. Thank of course. You. I, I want to also start with something that I haven't fully understood Okay. about the label. It's uh, pretty remedial, but what is a suicide squeeze? And is is there an analogy to uh, to a record label there? Uh, I don't believe that there's an analogy. I mean, a suicide squeeze is when the bases are loaded and uh, the batter bunts the ball 
And so it's, it's, um, you know, kind of a make or break thing. The, the runners are, are moving on the pitch. And so it's like, it's a situation where the, the hitter needs to get the ball down, um, or there's going to be an out. So right. the, the name kind of came about, I grew up around baseball and, uh, bouncing names off of my wife, Polly. And, and that was the one that stuck. It's a great name. Do you see it often? Uh, I, you don't see it as much as you used to, I think yeah. like in, in the game. And so it's, it's always one of those things where it does catch my ear if I'm, if I'm, you know, watching a Mariners game, for instance, but yeah, I feel like bunting's, you know, definitely not uh, a big part of the game. Like it used to be. I love watching baseball games live, but I, that's about the extent right. of it. I yeah. just like sitting in the, and eating peanuts. Yeah. It's, it's a relaxing experience for me. Um, one time, Polly and I went on a baseball road trip with Eric and Dez. Have we oh, ever talked yeah. about that? Okay, yeah, yeah. No, let's hear about that. Eric Judy and his wife, Dez. Yeah. We scheduled this trip where we went down through the, the Rockies, you know, starting in Seattle, went down through the Rockies, saw a game in Denver, uh, went down to Phoenix and saw a Diamondbacks game over to San Diego, catch a Padres game, and then we saw Angels and Dodgers games, and then back up to Seattle. It was a blast. Were you all in one car together? Were you in a van? Yeah, we, yeah, we rented a van actually. Uh, wow, a, a minivan, and so yeah, we cruised in that. I remember that he had an iPod, and those were really fresh. And you right. know, Paul, like Paulie and I were kind of like, "Oh, it's an iPod!" Like I don't think that we'd even seen one in person before. And I remember that Paulie picked it up and was looking at it and dropped it like in a glass of water that was in the <laughs> like in the center console, and just the Eric being like, "What?" I mean, <laughs> thankfully it was fine, but yeah, one of those like uh, hold your breath. Well, Suicide Squeeze is um, you're operating on what twenty eight years? Yeah, it'll be twenty seven actually in okay. in, uh, in August. Yeah, yeah okay, twenty seven years. Yep. So twenty seven years ago, short of saying, what were you thinking? Right. Where were you? Where were you? What was your state of mind? What What made you want to start a label? Well, uh, at that point, I, I was, you know, a young kid. I was working at Fantagraphics, the comic book publisher, actually, and uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And at that point, my wife, Polly, was playing in a band with John Atkins called 764 Hero. And so I was able to tag along and and go on tours and see shows and, and kind of get an understanding of how the, the ins and outs of the music business. And it was just something that I was attracted to. And so I thought I would give a label a try just because I'm not, I'm not a person that plays music well. I felt like that could be my way to be involved. And so had a couple conversations about it. And John and Polly were nice enough to allow me to release a 764 Hero 7 Inches as our first release, oh, okay, which was helpful. Also, Chris Tacchino at Up Records was quite helpful as a mentor of sorts, helped me figure out all sorts of things. But yeah, really, you know, Joe, I was just trying to figure out a path, a path in life. Yeah, and um, you mentioned Tacchino from Up Records. Sounds like you had some help and advice from him. And I guess in that era, there were a lot of starting labels did you talk to anyone else about it? Did anyone discourage you or say, no, man, this is great. This is the thing to do. Right. Yeah. Um, no one tried to discourage me. That's for sure. I felt like everyone that I spoke with was, was incredibly helpful. 
and you know willing to take the time to to speak on you know what it takes to to run a label successfully and you know everything that it entails as far as i was concerned i was talking to labels that were you know that were more established maybe talking to to chris for sure was was the biggest one but also um the calvin and candace at, at k records oh, and, right and so the, your first releases were seven six four hero and it seems to me and correct me if i'm wrong that the real more difficult decisions just because they weren't as close to you as and it wasn't as logical might have been your right. next release you know that's the step to you know you're dedicated you're moving on from supporting right. your homies and getting your feet wet you could have easily right. gone oh, that's great i put those records out but you decided to move forward and in moving forward, even up to now, how do you make your decision um, choosing a band to support? Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I mean, first and foremost, I have to I have to be into the music, not not the type of label to to sign something because I feel like you know it's going to do well commercially. Right. Um, and so it's 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 being a fan of the music, getting excited about the artist that way, and then also seeing what the connection is. And if you feel like it's a right fit, you know, personality wise to work together, I feel like we're lucky enough to to work with hardworking, you know, talented folks that that are also people that you want to spend your time with and be around sweet people. And so that's 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 a big deal for me. Yeah, I think that must be one of the key ingredients to your perseverance and survival up right. to now. I mean, 27 years isn't isn't a short amount of time by any means. Right. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you see a progression of bands or styles or anything up, up until now? Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I feel like the early stuff was, was a mixed bag, you know, uh, like indie rock, singer songwriter, experimental type stuff. I feel like as we've maybe the past decade, it's been a little bit more focused on, rock and roll, but I still feel like there's a, a cross-section of, of other genres uh, being sprinkled in. I, I certainly don't feel like we try and go after like one style of music. Yeah. You know, there may be like certain styles that we focus on more than others, but I also don't want to just be running like a cookie cutter operation, you know? Right. Yeah. It certainly doesn't feel like that. I, I guess I'm mostly asking because it feels, Suicide Squeeze feels curated. And if you break it down, I don't know if you can actually break it down to, you know, anything, but it fe the, I think the important thing is that it, it feels curated and cohesive. Thank you. Yeah. Certainly effort put into it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I want to, uh, let me, let's exemplify this. I want to play this right. um, newest tune by Death Valley Girls, Sunday. Is Fantastic. that cool? Yes. Thank you. Here we go. Sunday.
that's a great tune yeah yeah the entire new album is fantastic coming february 24th so, right that's right so, um so we've talked a little bit about your process and i guess really your curation process that that has made suicide squeeze what it is now are you able to look back and and identify any milestones in the history of this label are you know, left turns, right turns. <laughs> yeah, no, no, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a few things, really. I mean, the early days, a lot of it was not having, you know, the capital to release records as frequently as we would like. So a lot of that time was spent more just going on tour, being able to go out on the road with 764 Hero and, and see a bunch of, of other artists through that including Modest yeah. Mouse, who, who they got to tour with quite a bit. Those were big moments for me, I, I guess, early on, like the Elliott Smith Division Day 7-inch, uh, or even yeah. before that, the Modest Mouse, A Life of Arctic Sound 7-inch was our, our third record. And actually, like, I'm glad that uh, Isaac kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone on that one. Up to that point, we were doing, like, silk screen covers and just black vinyl and mm-hmm. You know, Isaac's just like, oh, we got to get these covers printed and do color vinyl. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, of course, it was just like, I, I wanted that, but it was like yeah. also a bit of a stretch just, just being where I was at financially. And so... Um, That's such a fun... Isaac starts a sentence like this. What if we... <laughs> That's a total yeah, Isaac, totally. what if we... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so good. So good. But yeah, I mean, that was, uh, you know, the... Modest Mouse was and and still is one of my favorite bands, and so that was that was a big deal to me. But again, that was the third release. The fifth one being Elliott Smith's Division Day, another artist that um, that I'm a massive fan of. Yeah, and I was turned on to him by kind of when Roman Candle was was coming about, and so right. that was uh, just being able to hear that at, at the you know there's a cavity search release obviously but uh just instantly falling in love and, and seeing a, a bunch of those early shows and to be honest with you like over the years i feel like i've done a better job of, of stepping out of my comfort zone and not being as shy or not trying to be as shy as i am mm-hmm. um but with elliot smith i was so nervous to ask him to do a seven right. inch i was like i couldn't do it and Polly ended up asking him for me i remember that <laughs> Then we had given him like a dub cassette of the uh, Now You're Swimming 7-inch, the 764 Hero single, mm-hmm. the, the, the first record we did. And uh, he was saying like, oh, he, he liked, uh, you know, this section of John's lyrics and he was telling her and she just, she asked him and he said, oh yeah, that would be super cool. And then I didn't hear anything for, for the longest time. I mean, it, I remember it was like a Sunday night because I was listening to the local show on uh, the end, you know, they used to have like oh, the, yeah. the local show. And so I was listening to that and I got a phone call and it was him. And it, it's weird. Cause I was thinking like, Oh, I wonder if this will happen, you know? And then he called just kind of out of nowhere and was just like, I've got these songs now and I'm coming to play the velvet Elvis. So I'll, I'll bring the tape. And so he actually oh, brought like, he brought the dat uh, with the tunes on it for mastering. But then he also brought a cassette and I remember putting the cassette into the tape deck in the car like after the show that night had like some crazy metal like <laughs> at the beginning and i was just like what like i was just like what is he's just like playing a joke like what is this like i don't understand and then turns out that he had just like dubbed over like some cassette, <laughs> oh and then it just like went into you know division day from that's there that's insane so, do you still have that 
I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Still have that and the dat, um, which is nice little keepsakes. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, because it's, you've persevered for so long successfully. And I, I just wonder if you can look back now and like be a little more objective and see the twists and turns of running a label. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Lots of ups and downs just like in life. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I feel like there are so many highs and lows that it's just, it's best if you can, can kind of like live in that middle ground, but that's easier than said a lot, a lot of the time. I mean, I, I still stress as hard as I, as I ever have, but then again, I, I get as happy and excited as I ever did as well. So I'm thankful for that. Certainly wouldn't want to do something that I'm not passionate about. Right. I mean, I think that there's not too many of us that get to do exactly what we want to do. And I think that's true. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty close to doing exactly what I want to do. And I don't for one yeah. second take that for granted. I might have not at all uh, used to when I was yep. a little brat, but now I'm yeah. an old brat that doesn't do yeah. that. Yeah, I, I am. I'm beyond thankful. It's funny. Yeah. I remember telling... I don't even remember who I was talking to and I probably told the story to multiple people, but it's kind of one of those things like at the end of the year, you know, you're how the music business kind of closed down, closes down, uh, you know, mid December and into the new year. And you just kind of like start to prepare for the next year and, mm-hmm. uh, and go through like what, what's been done and, and kind of sit back and, and recognize your work. And yeah, I, just, I, I feel like when I'm closing my door and, and going out of there, I'm like, Oh, thank you for another year. You right. Know? So, right. Yeah. How is content, I'm using the word content, uh, how is information management now that you, you know, you've clearly crossed over to a heavily digital and of course streaming format, but mm-hmm. you know, you're not moving boxes around as much as you're managing digital stuff. And right. I do a lot more of that now. And it seems like it's more of a fucking pain in the ass. Every once in a while, I'm just like, I wish this podcast was just a a stack of them on my wall and I was mailing to people. (laughs) I don't really, really, but you know what I mean? Sometimes I get, it's it's just like, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we live in our Dropbox, uh, uh, you know, you're just on the computer constantly. um, And it is, it's a completely different world. Like when I started Suicide Squeeze, it was like, right coming up on like dial in internet yeah. it's like you, you basically plug your computer into the phone line and then wait for an hour for for like one page on a website to load you know and and so it was like all the correspondence was done either over the telephone or like you know i was handwriting notes to radio stations and and mailing like physical product and so yeah, yeah. It's, I, I mean it's a totally different world do you find it to be any easier is it or is it just kind of a different version of a pain in the buns when it is a pain in the buns i mean for me i feel feel like it's it's kind of the same honestly the stuff that's a pain was a was a pain before it's just it just hits you different ways because of the the tools that that you utilize to to do your day in and day out yeah and then what really keeps you psyched on all this day to day yeah uh just being a huge fan of music, yeah. first and foremost, but also the, the relationships. Um, you know, I've made some of my best friends through through running this business. And yeah, just the fact that I feel like, don't get me wrong, I'm getting stuff out of these relationships. Um, sure. But I feel like I'm, I'm also, 
you know, pro- providing a service and, and helping folks, you know, get their music out there. And that, that feels good to me. I like being able to be in the, the thick of these partnerships and, and just pushing ourselves to, to do what we can to, to, uh, to find success. You know, I was saying at the top here that everyone I've talked to that's worked with you just loves working with you. And I am a big fan, but I am also a member. Yes. It's like the Correct. hair club for men. You put out the two magic magician records. Exactly. It was glorious time. It was. Yes. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Um, working with you, of course, and also with, with John, John Atkins. It's weird that you won't listen to our newest demos. We keep sending you, but we understand that you're busy. <laughs> I got you blocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the Dropbox uh, for not, you guys. Just fill never. it up. Just, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> We can tell that you haven't listened to them yet. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, yeah, never, man. Um, well, speaking of Magic Magicians, um, John and I were over at the Ruinous headquarters and uh, talking last night about you. And I told him we were going to do this. And he suggested asking this, and I think it's a great question. Um, okay. So this is, um, this is all John, but I'm going right. to deliver it. If someone wrote a book on Suicide Squeeze, what would they learn that would surprise them the most? Wow. That's a, that's a toughie. Yeah, it is. It really is. I like that. John's trying to put me on the spot here. He is. Um, it's a tough one to answer. I feel like it, what people would learn or maybe some more of the downs that we've been through, mm-hmm. just because that's not something that has been discussed right. often, if at all, with, with the public. Right. And so just, just the you know, difficulties in running a business, you know, meaning like not, not necessarily like, you know, even the things that you can control. Um, and some of the, the tough, uh, moments when, you know, relationships don't work or, or changes are made. Like, I, I feel like that's, that's stuff that might end up in a book that, that necessarily isn't discussed without, you know, not getting too specific, of course. Sure. um, Yeah. I, I could, but that's what, you know, that's, I, I feel like, I'm a pretty open book about the rest of the stuff, or at least I try right. to be. What about when you turned down the Foo Fighters? Oh, yeah. I mean, that See, was no a... one knows that. Grohl's still pissed at you. But he he's is. another guy that's like, fucking David, he's the best. Yeah, exactly. Best. Motherfucker exactly. did not sign the yeah. Foo Fighters, but... I know, I know. <laughs> Something that I think about on, on the regular. <laughs> <laughs> What's um any plans for the thirtieth? Not yet, but I would like to to celebrate in some shape or form. We are lucky enough to have some shows around the twentieth, which was a good time at least for me. Kind of let the twenty fifth come and go, but yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe dig through the the catalog and and reissue some of the older stuff, and uh, it would be nice. I, I would like to have some sort of a show or or something. It's not something that, that we've started thinking about or, or put right. any work into at this point. Well, I hope it happens. I'll be there. Yeah, that would be <laughs> lovely. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, man, I'm going to let you go. Oh, one more thing. Um, what new releases we got going on right now? Uh, the Death Valley Girls uh, LP that we, we touched on earlier. We have a new signing um, from a band out of El Paso that's based in Austin now called Holy Wave. They have a new record coming later this year. We have 
a new L.A. Witch record coming at some point. They've been writing and they're getting ready to go in the studio. So, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, and then we actually have three new signings that we're not in a position to, to talk about quite yet, but we'll see music from all three in 2023. Cool. That's great. And then I saw, um, it's not brand new, but I was listening to that Julia Julia remix by oh, uh, yeah. Nate No Face. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Julia hooked that up. He had played the festival that she runs, Happy oh, yeah. Sundays, down in Long Beach. And so, right. yeah, they became friendly that way. And he was, he was nice enough to uh, to jump on the remix. But he That's did a killer. great job. All right, man. Well, uh, again, it was great talking to you. We should hang you out. Too, we both live here in Seattle. I know. these yeah. days. That would be awesome. I know. And John's, John's down here working a few times a week. And so maybe we could all get together. But Let's yeah, it would be it. nice nice to see in person. It's been too long. All yeah. right. Take care of your bad self. Tell Polly I said hi. I will. Yeah, thanks again. All right, take care. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.